How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, the takes are hot. We have our seventh edition of Mock Draft Monday and our final Mock Draft before Christmas Day, a.k.a. Draft Day, this Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. You can watch it on NFL Network, ESPN, and ABC. Um, shouldn't take you long to find it on the channel listings. It's pretty much the premier event of the NFL offseason. Uh, we're going to jump right into our mock draft that we have today for y'all. We have a few trades and it is a two round mock draft. So 64 picks for y'all. Um, I believe Miami and the Rams are the only teams that don't have a pick in this two rounder. Vegas as uh, well. Yep. Vegas. Uh, Brady's going to do odds. I'm going to do evens. And we're going to get this thing rolling here. Yeah. Uh, we won't spend too much time talking about the prospects you guys have heard about. We won't spend five minutes talking about Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but he'll be the pick at one, start off the draft here. I'm not going to change. Um, there's smoke, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying the smoke. So Aiden Hutchinson at one to the Jags. Yeah. I mean, this is really an unprecedented draft. There's so much uncertainty from one to, you know, the last pick more so than there really ever has been before. And normally we have kind of an idea who's going one, two, three, four, maybe even five. Uh, but this year it could really be anyone from the get-go. So uh, Detroit on the board here at two. I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton. Stuck with them for most of our mocks. I just think his talent's too good to pass up. I don't know if I buy all the stuff saying, you know, teams are lower than on him than the media and others. Uh, so I'm going to stick with him here at two. Uh, just a really good pick to get Detroit's defense kind of jump-started. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I mean, kind of the whole top ten, nobody really knows. It's kind of wild. Um this has never happened, but I mean, this hasn't happened in a long time. I don't remember the last time we had no clue what's going to happen in the top 10. Um, it could be, there could be t- like a million different combinations of the first three picks. Um, you bet we've stuck with our last, our first two picks. We've stuck, kind of stuck with them. Stick with a guy here who's kind of had some, some smoke about him in, in, in a negative light. We're going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau at three here to the Houston Texans. Um, again, I'm not buying any of, the, any of this garbage about people not liking his off the field stuff. He's a great football player. He's going at three. I like it. Houston needs an edge. They're always high on edges, even yep. when they're drafting. Um, so we're going to go with him there. Number four, Jets are on the board. We're going to take the first corner. Mod Sauce Gardner, a.k.a. Sauce. Um, people love him. You know, scouts love him, crush the interviews, and Jets need a guy out wide uh, for that defense. So we went with him here. Yeah, get get Sauce Island out there in East Rutherford. Uh, got the next New York team up here. Going to go with Evan Neal. Again, a guy who had a bad report come out about him today, but, you know, I don't know how much validity there is to it, and I'm not putting any stock into it. I wouldn't buy it, but um, not a super reliable source, but Charlie Campbell out of Walter Football. Again, kind of a second-rate, third-rate draft outlet. um, Said that teams had had Evan Neal off their boards because they failed him, like, medically. I don't know what medical that could be. There's been nothing that's come out about it. He never had a medical issue at Alabama for the most part. And the guy who's training with Duke Mannyweather, uh, kind of the top O lineman guy, uh, trainer in 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 the country. Um, there's been, he's training with him. He's nothing come out about that. So I follow Duke on Twitter. Definitely would have seen something about it. Uh, so I'm not buying it. Evan Neal at five, sticking with it here. Yeah, I like it. I mean, this is where he probably his most likely spot would be here at five to the Giants. Yep. So we're sticking with it here. Um, number six, Carolina Panthers. We're also sticking with the guy that we've gone with most of our mock drafts. And that's Malik Willis, first quarterback off the board, quarterback with highest upside here, great arm, uh, has re- had a really good offseason in every aspect. No smoke has come out about him, uh, really a negative or positive. It's just kind of been a little quiet on him. So I can see Carolina 
you know, jumping on them here. Absolutely. Uh, got the Giants back up on the clock at seven, potential trade spot. Didn't do a trade here. Um, went with Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, a guy who Caesars Sportsbook now has going first overall odds-wise. I think he's went from plus 150 to minus 200 to go first overall. Um, this is more realistic for him, I think. So we're going to go with him at here at seven. Yeah, I like it. You know, a guy that has upside, but he has also a loaded defense. And I think, you know, he could be really good for that Giants defense, especially training against Evan Neal in practice. Um, mm, but it should pan out that. for him. I'd love to see that tape. Ooh, that was the matchup in practice. All That'd be exciting. That. That's like that Will Anderson, Evan Neal tape. Hyped up. At eight here, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock, and we got our first trade for y'all. Um, the New Orleans Saints are going to trade up, and they're going to receive picks eight and 58 from Atlanta, and they're going to give Atlanta picks 16 and 19. New Orleans did this to take their quarterback, Matt Corral, um, should be their quarterback of the future. They're apparently really high on him, probably uh, their favorite quarterback. So jump up, take an opportunity here to snag him at eight. Yeah. I was talking to Brett earlier. I'm a, I'm a Matt Corral truther. I'm a big Matt Corral guy, a uh, big fan of his. I think he's the most pro-ready quarterback in the draft. Uh, good move for New Orleans here. They already have an offense in place for him. He can start day one. And um, if he needs to sit a little bit behind Jameis, that's fine. Um, they can battle it out. And eventually the best quarterback will start by week eight or so. So I like that move for them. Uh, I think they're going to move up. It, even though it's a division rival, Atlanta's looking to pick up picks, and 16 and 19 is great. Um, number nine, Seattle Seahawks. Stop the fall of Akima Kwonu here. Um, we, we all know how Brett feels about him. I like him a lot, too. Um, so, I think guy's a top tackle in the class. Seattle gets a top tackle here, fill a need. So, good to go. Pretty easy. Yeah, I love him, you know. Kwonu going at nine would be tempting to trade up for. Um, Absolutely. But I have the Ravens no going other direction. So, yeah, you know, Kwonu going nine there is great for Seattle and a team that really needs a lot outside of the wide receiver room. So, stick with that. Uh, 10th overall pick. We got another trade for y'all. Philadelphia Eagles are interested in the 10th pick, and they also acquire 117 in the process of giving up their own 15 and 51. They do this to primarily jump Minnesota and Washington, who are interested in corners, and they snag Derek Stingley Jr., a top two corner in this draft, and really helps them on that defense. Uh, Stingley will play opposite from Slay. Yeah, I like it. Um... Get number 11 here. Kind of the first hot take of the draft, per se. Um, maybe not a hot take we have, more of a hot take the league has put out recently. Or I guess not league, but league sources that the Washington football, Washington Commanders, sorry. Washington Commanders really like Chris Olave, and he's their number one receiver. We're going to rock with it. Uh, where there's smoke, sometimes there's fire. Might be fire here, so going to go with Chris Olave at 11. Um, could definitely see a team liking him as the best receiver, though. A lot of traits that you like, so. Um, pretty polished, older receiver, veteran guy in college. So makes sense here for Washington. They need a receiver. Uh, Carson could ever Carson once could always you know, use another target. So uh, went with Olave here. Yeah, I don't see like that pick a lot. Um, really, him or London are probably the best compliments to their current wide receiver room. Agreed. Um, and then here at 12, we got the Minnesota Vikings going with Jordan Davis, um, a guy that we've stuck with at 12 for a few of our mocks mainly because of just the glaring holes they have along that interior defensive line. And Jordan Davis can fill more than one hole uh, on that D-line. So I like it. Um, but we're sticking with Davis there at 12. Yeah, I like it. Um, 
going to go another guy here. We're going to stop the fall of another tackle at um, at 13 here with the Texans. I'm going to go with Charles Cross. Uh, probably the one of the best pass protectors in the draft. I've said it all along. Uh, Houston could afford to have a left tackle, regardless of who their quarterback going forward is. Um, don't know what happened with Laramie Tunsil. Um, there's kind of maybe some dispute there going on potentially, even if not. You get cross play him at right tackle. He's been training with Duke Mannyweather again, just like Evan Neal, get ready to play right tackle for teams. So um, it's, it's a, it fills a big need, and um, you get two bookend tackles for your quarterback. Yeah, it's annoying when Charles Cross goes to pick before your team. Uh, I feel like yes. Cross is on the board there at 14. He's got to be the pick regardless of who's there. Uh, but I got another trade here. I've had all the trades so far, coincidentally, uh, here at 14. The Ravens are on the clock. They're interested in moving back. Uh, Garrett Wilson, J-Mo, Jermaine Johnson were all on the board, but, you know, they want to get the most value for their picks as they can, uh, a team that really values the draft more than other teams. So they're going to trade 14 to Dallas, and in return they're going to receive 24, 56, and a fourth-round pick in the 2023 draft next year. Um, Dallas wanted to trade up here. Snag a receiver in Drake London as only one receiver had been taken prior uh, with Washington taking Olave. So Dallas snags London at 14. Yeah, so that's the that screams Jerry Jones right there, that pick with Drake London. I mean, listen, Drake London's my guy, and I think he should go higher than 14, especially being a USC Trojan. Get a fight on, baby. Uh, listen, he fell to 14. Uh, it's a great spot for, for y'all to move down, and Dallas is reportedly wants to move up, so – uh, makes a lot of sense. Again, Jerry makes the splash pick. He ain't taking a, a tackle or a guard or a, like a D lineman at 24. He's going to move up and take a receiver. So let's get really he's making a splashy pick. They always do. Um, got the Jets here on the clock at 15 after moving back uh, from 10 with Philly. They're going to get a guy who they probably would have taken at 10. And there's some buzz about them taking it four potentially is Jermaine Johnson. We had him take, we had him take, get taken, pardon me, at 10 last week. In our mock draft, or my mock draft at least, uh, had him going 10 to the Jets to pair with Robert Sala. I think if they – man, if he gets he gets to cope to play with Robert Sala and get, and he gets to co- coach by him, and man, that would be a scary potential there. So, uh, stop, again, stop the fall. We had two quarterbacks go early. We had Olave go a little earlier than people expect. So, we're kind of stopping the fall. Some guys uh, like Jermaine Johnson who could be picked a lot earlier. Um, again, just happens how this, how this mock worked out today. It's kind of – Interesting. I like it a lot. Uh, that's really getting great value for the picks that they've traded for. Um, so it's looking good to start off for them. Uh, but at 16, we got the Falcons, the pick that they traded with New Orleans. And they're going to take a guy that was they could have taken an eight in Jamison Williams out of Alabama. Solid wide receiver here. Some teams have him as wide receiver one in this draft as he continues to rehab from the ACL injury. Uh, he, there was a video posted uh, yesterday of him doing workouts and stretching and just, you know, he looked good. Didn't seem like he was favoring his, you know, hurt leg at all. So always a good sign to see as draft day is right around the corner. Um, so we're still with JMO here at 16 for the Falcons. For sure. Tip, man, typically like if draft night comes around and JMO's pick, pick 16, I'd be kind of sad right before us, but uh, not when wide receiver one, Austin, Texas product, Garrett Wilson's on the board at 17. Uh, Chargers could use another wide receiver. Uh, I think they probably are going to take a wide receiver here because it's probably going to be the best in terms of most impactful player. It's probably going to be a wideout. Um, I'd have gone Chris Olave if he was on the board. 
not over Garrett, but typically Chris Olave is here instead of Garrett Wilson. But um, I'll be rejoicing on draft night if we take Garrett Wilson. I will be thrilled. Not only is he wide receiver one for me, he's also a guy that I, you know, went to high school again, not again, not with, but uh, watched the guy, you know, down the road. Um, always been rooting for him at Ohio State. So again, wide receiver one, he fills in a really, a really big role that they can have with being a, a, a kind of a deep threat receiver. As much as I hate to say, it, he could also fill in uh, for Keenan Allen's role eventually when they want to move on from him. So, um, yeah, I'd be thrilled with this pick. Garrett Wilson at 17. Don't know if he'd be there. Again, that's how this mock fell. So, um, hopefully he's there. Yeah, I mean, definitely with all the receivers here, kind of a similar caliber. Teams could have their boards vastly different. So, you never really know what receiver could be there when you pick, um, even if it's one you're not expecting. But here at 18, we got the Philadelphia Eagles with the pick they traded the Saints for a few weeks ago. We're going to give him George Karloftis, edge rusher out of Purdue. Um, really could go anywhere in this first round, past pick eight. Wouldn't be shocked. Even seeing him go, you know, at five or seven uh, in a few mocks. So we're going to give him here to Philly at 18, a team that just could bolster their D-line as it's kind of aging. So getting, giving him George Karloftis is a solid pick for them. Yeah, George Karloftis getting a little, little slept on, I think, down the draft process. I think where he's going to go a lot earlier than the media thinks now. Um, guy who just NFL teams like, good football player, uh, draft good players. Philadelphia does that here, so great pick for them. 19, the Atlanta Falcons are back on the clock with a pick they received from New Orleans in their prior trade. We go Daxton Hill, the safety slash slot corner out of Michigan. I think he's more of a Swiss Army knife player. I'd be, I'd be cool taking him at 17. That's how if that's how the Chargers went. Uh, one of my favorite players in this draft. Uh, really liked what he brings to the table defensively. He's physical, can do a lot. I think I talked a lot about him last week. Atlanta, you know, they need players. They need good football players, and that's Dax Hill. So they get a good player here, and uh, should be a pretty easy pick for them. If that's if that's their board, and they want to they want a safety corner type of guy. I agree. Um, Atlanta's definitely a team that could you know take advantage of the versatility that Dax brings and play him all over early on until he kind of solidifies a role at one position, maybe down the road, maybe he stays versatile, um, but always good flexibility to have in your defensive backfield. Uh, 20th pick here, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock with their own pick. We're going to give them the third quarterback off the board in this year's draft and Kenny Pickett, a guy that they really like. Um, they've talked to all the quarterbacks, but they've been linked to Pickett. you know, a guy that could be there at 20, depending on, you know, how the board falls before him, obviously. Uh, but also a guy that they've been linked to trade up for. So sticking with Pickett here. Uh, not sure what the plan is for him year one, but nonetheless an intriguing uh, signing for the future for Steelers. Yeah, I don't love Kenny Pickett at 20, but that, that I mean, that's what they're going to do. They're, they are taking a quarterback. And we talked about this. Neither of us love Kenny Pickett here, but that's the quarterback they've been connected to the most of the guys left on the board. Um, they're taking her. I would bet if any of you listening are going to bet on the NFL draft, hammer whatever the odds are for the Steelers second quarterback. I don't, I, I wouldn't say locking in at pick 20, but wherever they're going to pick, they are taking a quarterback in the first round. No doubt about it. I'd put money on it. Um, I'm very confident in it. They met with all the quarterbacks. They're taking a quarterback there. Um, whether or not it's at 20, don't know. They get stick and pick or they can move up. Either way, they're taking a quarterback. Um, 21, the New England Patriots. The guy that I've mocked to them every time I get the chance to, Devin Lloyd. This is my favorite player's team scheme fit in the NFL draft this year. 
Um, and I'm sticking with it as long as I can with Devin Lowe to the board here. Easy pick. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, definitely someone that could be utilized to his max potential there in that defense in New England. Uh, 22 here, we got Green Bay, the pick that they acquired from the Raiders in the Devontae Adams trade. Rumored to be heading back to Vegas, possibly. I hope so. Darren Waller has been discussed in trade negotiations between the Packers and Las Vegas Raiders before or on draft night. So in the next three days, be sure you keep an eye out for Darren Waller on the move. Um, Get him out the AFC West. Get him out. They're trying to trying to maximize the value for him while they can. He's got two years left on his deal. Uh, you figure you're not going to re-sign him with all the money that you've allocated to guys this offseason. So, I mean, I get it uh, for the Raiders' point of view, but also, I mean, you're not better without him. You're worse. So, it's, they're just betting on the future. And so, I understand it from both perspectives. Yeah. Uh, but with that Green Bay pick, we're going to take Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Uh, really the top receiver here, kind of a weird spot based off where the receivers have gone uh, for this Green Bay pick. But we gave him a receiver nonetheless. You know they need one. And maybe slight uh, bit reach, but, you know, I like it, and I think he could pan out well there in Green Bay. You mentioned it's kind of a reach. I mean, if it's a reach, that fits Green Bay's MO. So, uh, perfect. Um, their pick at 28 might be a reach as well. But, again, even in their second-round picks, they may be reaches, but – that's their MO. They, they don't draft well, per se, in terms of value. So it works out. Um, good value pick here at 23. Arizona Cardinals are going to go with Trent McDuffie, a uh, guy who's rumored to maybe go like at, like at eight if both corners are off the board. Um, and Sauce and Stingley, I don't know if I'm seeing him at eight, personally, but a guy that could apparently could go super early or could go about 23, you know, 17, 14 even with the Ravens or Chargers, 17 and 14. Um but, yeah, it goes here at 23, kind of slid down the board a little bit, I guess, compared to what people thought he'd be at, at least at the moment. Uh, but, again, it fills a need for Arizona. So, um, you know, teams trying to fill needs in the first round. It's kind of the kind of the move. You kind of get – you draft for need and draft for talent, and you get both here for Arizona. So, I like it a lot. You know, Arizona's a team that could – has desperate need at that corner position. Giving them McDuffie here at 23 is great value for him. Ravens are up here at 24 with the pick they acquired in the Dallas trade that we just did a few minutes ago. Giving them Tyler Linderbaum, a massive smoke screen that came out earlier this offseason in the Ravens pre-draft press conference where GM Eric DaCosta basically said that, you know, they're looking for big, dominant, you know, physical guys along the offensive line, and that starts from the center position. And they want guys that fit their scheme really well, and that is, I mean, exactly the opposite of Linderbaum, you know. His most recent measure, most recent measurements came in at six two and a quarter. I think three oh one. So I mean, not the biggest guy. As most centers are six four, six five nowadays, uh, and he doesn't really fit the scheme. As you know, they kind of ran a zone at Iowa. But the Ravens love their Iowa guys, so I could definitely see this being a possibility. And it's great value here at twenty four. I mean, the Ravens need a center, and Linderbaum's probably the best center prospect in the last ten years or so. So I would love the pick. Getting a little hot take there on the last 10 years. I, I like it. I like the boldness. Um, got a guy here at 25 on the Buffaloes and be Kyrie alum. They need a corner. Got to get better in the secondary. This would have been Andrew Booth last week, but the injury stuff is they're going to, that's going to deter teams that need a corner this year away from him. So I think this would be alum. I, I like alum's cover skills. Talk about him a lot. So Buffalo gets a cover guy. They need a guy across from Trey White. Uh, 
not a ton of in-depth analysis going on here. They just need a corner, so not that hard. All right, here at 26, got the Tennessee Titans on the clock. My favorite player team fit is Trevor Penning to the Tennessee Titans. For all the Titans. wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. Yep. I mean, it just fits kind of that Taylor Lewan style that he's kind of leaving. Um, Penning can come right in, probably starts anywhere on the offensive line. Honestly, depends on how he does in training camp. But him going to 26, I mean, 26 is a reasonable spot. I could see him going, and Tennessee is a reasonable team that I could see taking him. So, I mean, if Tennessee doesn't take him, Tampa Bay won't. I mean, he might fall out of the first. So I think Good. it's really guys, Tennessee for a second. Um, but I see Tennessee taking them. We we slander Trevor Penning on the Cold Seat podcast. Even if he goes to the Ravens or Chargers, which I'm praying he doesn't, we will still slander him. This is that is accepted and 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 advised here. So um Back on the clock at 27 here with a guy that I much prefer to Trevor Penning, Zion Johnson going 27 of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love me some Zion Johnson. Guy's a guy's super strong, super good football player, good head on his shoulders. Um, guy can play guard, can play tackle if you needed him to in an emergency. Um, love, love Zion Johnson, much better than Trevor Penning. So this would be a slam dunk pick for Tampa Bay. They need a guard, uh, t- protect Tom Brady, keep him upright, and uh, Zion Johnson's got potential – to be an all-pro at the guard position in the next level. So, great pick for Tampa Bay. Yeah, y'all know how I feel about Zion. One of my top five favorite guys in this class. Uh, he's just a beast, dominant at the guard position. And, you know, he's flexible, can play either guard, and has played tackle uh, very rarely. But, you know, he, he can do that. And then he also took center reps at the senior bowl. So, I mean, just, you know, you're – guy you want on your offensive line nowadays that can really play anywhere and you know I think it'd be really solid as an interior offensive lineman love that pick kind of contemplating taking him there at 24 but center was just a bigger need for the Ravens um, but as we jump back down to where we are at 28 Green Bay Packers are on the clock and we're going with Boye Mafe the highest we've taken him in our seven mock drafts but I mean rightfully so he's a solid player solid prospect freak athlete you know, Minnesota guys kind of get slept on a little bit. Um has fallen to about a third-round pick. I could see him being really good, too. Um, so, Mafe here, I think, you know, Packers need an edge rusher. They lost to Darius Smith to the division rival Vikings in the offseason. So, boy, Mafe here is a great fit for him. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned him being the highest. This is the highest we've had him in our in our in all of our seven mock draft Mondays for you guys. Um you know, it, part of that's the David Ojabo injury. Uh, team in the back end of the first isn't going to take him because most of them are looking to contend this year uh, with the exception of Detroit. And I just don't think that you can take a guy who's going to be sitting out an entire year. And then, I mean, even then, he's going to come back and it's going to be it's gonna be harder for him to relearn football again. Not relearn, but get kind of get back comfortable in the field. Um, you're probably looking at year three before he makes a considerable impact. And that's just not viable for a Green Bay, a Kansas City, uh, you know, a Tampa, it's just not viable. Um, you have to get a guy who's going to make an impact this year. And so that, that's kind of the thought process there for Green Bay taking Boye Mafe. Um, Kansas City is up on the board here. Going to take Sky Moore, the receiver out of Western Michigan. Uh, kind of becoming a receiver hotbed with Corey Davis a few years ago. Maybe I start talking about that if Sky Moore gets drafted and does well. A little bit of a receiver receiver rumbling over there. And, uh, 
in Western Kentucky, but um, you know, it's just he fits he fits the mold that they want. Uh, it sounds like they prefer him to a bit. We had him taking George Pickens last week. No, Jahan Dawson last week in my mock draft at least. Yep. Um, rumor is they prefer a smaller, quicker guy, so they go with Sky Moore here. Uh, they need a receiver. They got to fill in some shoes, even though they they signed uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith shoes, so they got to fill some shoes still. So going Sky Moore. Like it a lot, you know, a guy that not many teams have talked about being a first-round talent here. We got him going to 29, and uh, Casey's back on the clock here at 30. I think, you know, always when you pick back-to-back, I called it before the Eagles traded their picks, it's likely to be traded. Same case where Seattle's picking at 40 and 41. It just it doesn't make the most sense. You're not getting the most value out of your picks when you're picking back-to-back. Um, Casey is in, our case, in this mock draft's case. We're going to give him Andrew Booth here. Uh, cornerback out of Clemson, you know, teams could always use corners, but especially Kansas City. I have a team that's lost a couple of DBs this offseason. You know, Booth has some medical concerns, which is why he's not, you know, a top 14 pick in this draft and why he's still here on the clock at 30. So, you know, Casey jumps on it, take it takes a chance on him. Hopefully it pans out. could be a very good player, um, but, you know, for the sake of Kansas City. I hope he doesn't pan out. Yeah, I'll I'll second that for sure. Um, it reminds me of Caleb Farley from last year, guy who had injury injury issues at Virginia Tech, could have been a top you know top end corner and gets drafted by Tennessee in the mid twenties and had an injury his rookie year. Not that I want I don't want anybody to get hurt regardless of where they go. Um, but Booth again, a guy like just kind of like last year with Farley, a guy who slides because of injuries. Um, Casey snags him up with both their one of their one of their back to backs here and uh, be a great pick. Cincinnati at 31 o'clock would have loved to have him. Uh, Booth, that is. Going to go a different different direction, pardon me, and we're going to go with Kyler Gordon, uh, corner out of Washington. I am not high on him, to be honest. Not a huge fan, but apparently the NFL likes him. Again, yeah, I think it's kind of a hot take from the cold seat, but, I mean, apparently the NFL likes him. That That's the, kind of the rumor this week. I tend to think that when you see rumors about guys who are like fringe first-rounders, they're typically true. There's not a lot of smoke. I mean, oh no, someone wants Kyler Gordon to fall. Like, or I don't really think that's a thing. Like, there's plenty of decent corners taking the second round. So, especially with the versatility that guys like Dax Hill and Jalen Petrie have. So, I just think that that's just, I don't know, it's kind of lame that you see that. So, uh, Cincinnati's going to take a corner here. They could use another corner. Um, you can never have enough corners in the AFC, uh, especially when your number one corner is Eli Apple. That guy is a bum. So, they're going Kyler Gordon here. Yeah, he's big. I'll say that he's big. He's good, decent coverage. Just don't love his, don't love his tackling game. Don't love his physicality he brings. So, it's my personal opinion. You know, Cincinnati feel like they just got to get a corner here, and he's the best one on the board. Uh, so they go with him. You know, they could go with Petrie here, slide into the first round. Uh, we opted to go Kyler Gordon instead, more of a true corner. Uh, to round out the first round here for y'all, out of our two round mock draft here. On the final Monday before the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions are on the clock with the pick that they acquired from the Los Angeles Rams in the Jared Goff trade. And we are going to take Desmond Ritter, a guy to eventually replace Goff. And, you know, I think Detroit really wants a quarterback. They don't, you know, they're like other teams where they don't think this draft is, you know, too good at the quarterback position. But, you know, picking at 32 here is actually a really good spot in this quarterback draft. Uh, and I think it's a great opportunity to jump on a quarterback, whatever one's there. But if the top five quarterbacks are gone, 
top four. Um, I don't know if they go that direction. Yeah, I think Ritter, a guy who's – the rumors have been mixed on. Uh, again, if I'm – my thought process here, and this is what we talked about uh, with the pick, is, listen, if if you're Detroit, you're not taking a quarterback at two. It's not worth it. Take a, take a high-end pick of a guy you're a little more sure of. Get a franchise cornerstone. You're, if Listen, if you whiff on a quarterback at two, you're going to suck next year too. You might as well just give one a shot at 34 or 32. We did 32 here, but – Take a swing on one. If you miss, you miss. It's a it's a late round pick. You already got a cornerstone. You have another pick, one pick later. It's like if you swing and miss at thirty four or thirty two, it's a it's way different than swinging and missing on quarterback at two. So that's the thought process there. Why we didn't go with one at two? They could have taken Malik Willis, and there's certainly been some smoke about it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen though. I really think they're if they take a quarterback and they should take one at thirty two or thirty four. It's smart. Listen, let them compete with golf in, in, in training camp. If they beat out golf, great. If they suck, perfect. You're, you're in prime position to take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young next year. You, you can do that. So um, that that's my thought process there is, and I think we we share the same idea, is that if you're taking a quarterback, get one at 32 or 34 instead of two. Um, court class, no no one's worth the, the two overall pick at quarterback in this class. So um, we're going to start the second round here. I got the Jacksonville Jaguars at 33. Uh, gonna give him to Kobe Dean here. They need a linebacker. They could use a box linebacker like him. Uh, physical. He's my LB two on the board. Uh, I just think they, they need defensive players. They could have gone with a receiver here, but again, they paid a bunch of receivers in the offseason. Um, not a huge fan of them picking an offensive player in this draft this early. I think you got to address the defense and try and defend a little bit. And uh, Kobe Dean's a great step in the right direction there. Like he could be a solid middle linebacker for a team. So Kobe Dean here is uh, what I'm going with. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that's a really good fit there for them in Jacksonville. Kind of a, you know, Jacksonville-style defensive player, I think. They want the flashy, quicker, more athletic guys, um, unless they're the old-school uh, linebackers, which is kind of what Leo Chanel is here at 34. Detroit Lions are taking the Wisconsin linebacker. If you tuned in on Thursday, we gave you our defensive power rankings where we ranked the top five players at each position on the defense. And Leo Chanel was my number one linebacker. Um, him going at 34 here, Detroit, just keeps the great haul that the Lions have going. And I think he could come in, be a great player from day one. Uh, so I had to go with him here. You know, I think he can end up sneaking in the first round. It's a bold take that I have. Hot take from the cold seat, might you say. But I'm going to go with Leo Chanel. That's your guy. I got I got to respect you. You're sticking with your guy. Uh, I like it. Um Got the Jets here on the clock at 35. They've taken Sauce Gardner at four, and they've taken Jermaine Johnson at 15. They've covered their bases on defense here, at least early enough in the second round where you can go receiver. We're going to give him George Pickens, a guy who's got a super high ceiling. Um, kind of the reports on Pickens that teams are a little afraid of his uh, off-the-field issues or you know issues between the ears. Uh, he's got some maturing to do, and I don't know if I disagree with that. Um, you know, his freshman year at Georgia, he didn't really show a lot of composure, got into a fight in the Georgia Tech game, a big rivalry game, got to be a little more level-headed than that. Even at 18, 19 years old, um, you know, you're that, that much of a star player. You kind of got to grow up a little quicker than others. So um, definitely some maturing to do. But at the same time, the Jets have some time to wait for him to mature if they need to. I think Robert Saul is the right guy to, um, you know, help him mature. I think Robert Saul is known to be a great leader of men, um, really good with young players. So. George Pickens here for them. They get Zach Wilson a weapon, really, really solid deep threat, big body. 
and if you hit on the pick, the guy could be a monster for you for the next to the next 10 years. So um, despite the off the field or between the ears issues teams may be concerned about, I think the Jets are the right team to get him right in that aspect. Yeah, and no, I agree. I like that pick a lot for the Jets uh, team. that could use a receiver kind of like Pickens. And, you know, it's about where Pickens could go. He could slip into the first round, but we're going to send him to the Jets there at 35. Uh, the team they share a stadium with, the Giants are up here at 36. We're going to give him Jalen Petrie, the safety out of Baylor. Uh, we both have him as a safety, more so than a corner. I know some boards have him as a corner, um, but he's really a do-it-all guy. Uh, you know, he could play box safety, could play free safety. He's not maybe a deep, not a true deep safety, um, but can kind of be that Jamal Adams type and can also play slot if you need him to be maybe a nickel. I'm a big Jalen Petrie fan. Uh, I like him and Dax Hill a lot. Uh, big fan of their games. Again, Swiss Army Knife type of guy. Uh, but I got Houston on the board here. Uh, they took Kayvon Thibodeau at three, and they went and got Charles Cross at 13. He got the trenches right. Uh, I think those are both great picks, two guys I love. Um, got him here at 37. They're going to go with another guy that I really like. Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker. Um, they need a running back. It's kind of a slept on need. I think you're picking here at 37. You kind of addressed your two biggest needs, I guess, per se. I mean, they have needs everywhere, but um, I don't know if he's listen. They could take him to David Ojabo, but they already have an edge. They need, they can wait. So I think the next best thing, and there's no receiver worth taking here, in my opinion. So I think what you do is you instead of getting Davis Mills a weapon, you get Davis Mills a workhorse at running back. And that's what Kenneth Walker can be. I you guys know how I feel about Kenneth Walker. He's running back one for me. Big fan of his game. Uh home run ability, uh, pass catching ability is great, good pass blocker. So I think he he's a do-it-all running back. Definitely an RB1 in the NFL. Uh, and Houston gets a guy that they can lean on and let Davis Mills kind of put kind of take some pressure off Davis Mills or whatever rookie quarterback they may have uh, in the future. Uh, you know, it's always good to have a solid run game when you have a rookie quarterback. So I think Kenneth Walker is a step in the right direction for him. Again, they got their trenches right. Let's get the skill positions around Davis Mills, right, if that's who they want to stick with long-term. I like it a lot. We had a conversation about kind of, you know, what direction they should go, and we settled on running back. I just think, you know, it makes a big difference there. They have Lindsey and Rex Burkhead, and Kenneth Walker really complements that running back room nicely. Um, So 38 here, got the Jets again. And to add to their phenomenal haul, we are going to give them Jaquan Brisker, uh, free safety out of Penn State. Really, really good prospect that a lot of teams are high on. Uh, haven't heard too much on him recently, but I think him definitely going to the Jets would be helpful with Sauce at the corner uh, and Jermaine off the edge would be instant impact there. Um, so just incredible defensive haul for the Jets so far. We were talking before this. I mean, the Jets could be really good next year. With the, with the picks they have, they could be really good. Uh, they could even, I mean, depending on how the Pats draft and if they're healthy or not, and I know Miami got got Tyreek Hill, but, I mean, you can't understate having the fourth overall pick and the tenth overall pick and then having these early second rounders. I mean, it's four picks in the top 40. I mean, that, that's legit. You can get If you can hit hit on those, you can be legit, in, especially in one year. If Zach Wilson takes a step, Talk about a scary good team potentially. A uh, bit of a sneaky, sneaky team out there in the AFC East. Uh, wouldn't pick them to make the playoffs, but make some noise a little bit. Maybe upset a couple teams here and there. But uh, another team with a rookie quarterback last year drafted Justin Fields. You got the Chicago Bears on the clock at 39. I'm going to go with Bernard Raymond, tackle out of Central Michigan. I'm not a big Bernard Raymond fan. He, he was not in my top five, as you guys learned a couple weeks ago. Um, but in the same time, 
at the same time, teams are going to be higher on him than other other players. Uh, he's a little older, a little more refined, I think, and a little more developed potentially than a guy like Abe Lucas or a Petit, Nicholas Petit Frere or uh, you know a even a, a, a I'm drawing a blank on his name now, Daniel Falele, a guy who could be just be a little more a little more developed. So. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, not a great rookie year at left tackle last year for them. I think they put him back at his natural home at right tackle and they get Raymond, let him compete for the job, uh, right left tackle. And, and you got to do all you, all you can to try and get Justin Fields upright. And they don't have a first round pick. And, th- and this is the best effort they can make to get him to keep him upright is taking Raymond here at 39. Yeah. I like that pick a lot for Chicago. Um, yeah. Raymond 26 at the season start, uh, definitely not ideal for a rookie. But nonetheless, Chicago, you know, you mentioned takes the tackle they need for them and for fields. So it makes sense here at 39 for Chicago with it being their first pick of the draft. Um, But 40, we got the first of two consecutive picks for the Seahawks. And with the first one, we're going to take David Ojabo. Ed Rush out of Michigan, probably be a top 15 pick had he not torn his Achilles at his pro day, unfortunately. Um, But he's here at 40, probably about where he'll go, kind of in the 40, 50 range. So, given Seattle Ojabo is a good value for them uh, for year two and on. No doubt. Like I said, the team, team, team that can wait on him should take him. And I think Seattle is a place to wait. Um, they won't have a quarterback till next year. They should not be taking one in this draft. They should be taking one next year. So, uh, yeah, this, this is the right move for them, I think. You know, like I said, Ojabo could be a great player. You just got to wait a little bit for him. So, uh, 41, they're back on the clock and a back to back here. We mentioned it could be traded uh, potentially, but. We'll see. Uh, you can go Kenyon Green, the guard out of Texas A&M. Uh, we've talked at length about him on the pod. Uh, I don't think there's much else to say about him other than he helps you get your best five on the, on the field and Seattle needs to upgrade the O-line even more. So especially if you have a rookie quarterback in the next couple of years, keep getting the O-line right and keep building the trenches. We know Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. You can't run the ball with a bad offensive line, so try and get him better. You got good upside at guard. So Kenyon Green, here's the pick. I like it a lot. A uh, guy that had first round hype until, you know, kind of, he kind of underperformed athletically this offseason. Uh, but the tape's there. So a good pick for Seattle. Um, him and Ojaba should work out in the end for him. Uh, here at 42, got the Colts on the board. I'm going to give him offensive tackle, Abraham Lucas. Solid, solid tackle. I know you had him in your top five back when we did power rankings. I think that was on episode eight, I believe. Um, but I, you know, I haven't watched any of him. I haven't really heard a ton on him, but Indy needs a tackle, kind of have a hole there. So filled that hole there with Abe Lucas. Abe Lucas is my guy, man. I love Abe Lucas. Uh, tackle four for me. I had a Trevor Penning. Um, I think he's got really, really high ceiling at right tackle. He has great tape against Kayvon Thibodeau, probably the best tackle tape against Thibodeau uh, in this past season. So a big fan of Abe Lucas. That's, that's one of my guys, one of my favorite players in this draft. Just a guy that I've watched a lot of tape on and um, a guy that I hope goes somewhere he can be successful. And I'd love to see him in Indy. I think he's a solid run blocker. Um, definitely fills a hole fills a hole that they have there at, uh, at right tackle. So great pick for Indy. That's my guy. Uh, at 43, you got the Atlanta Falcons stopping the fall, the astronomical fall of Devontae Wyatt, uh, interior defensive lineman from Georgia. Uh, a guy who's going to fall in the draft by for a couple reasons. One being that it's just the IDLs aren't super valued by the NFL. Um, you know, the top IDL last year went pretty late in Christian Barmore, his second round pick. So I don't know it for new England. So I just, I think that he's going to fall. Um, you know, there's some off the field issues apparently with him. I'm not going to get into them. I don't think they're, they're a huge deal, but some teams don't like it. 
takes guys off some teams' boards, like the Chargers. Um, so I think Devontae Wyatt's a good pick here. It's the best player on the board, I think, by far. Uh, you know, Atlanta, it's a nice pairing for them if they're going to let Grady Jarrett go uh, after this season's over. Um, it's a great duo for one season. Uh, you maximize Grady Jarrett's contract value in the offseason uh, and get the most money for him at comp pick. So uh, Devontae Wyatt here, stop the fall, get the best player available for Atlanta. Just draft your football players in a rebuilding mode. So get franchise cornerstone. He, he could be. So that's where they're going here. Yeah, I really like that pick a lot, actually. Uh, like you just said, some off-the-field issues. I've taken him off of some team sports completely. Uh, but I think Atlanta is not one of those teams, and great pick for them, great fit for them uh, for the foreseeable future. I got three consecutive picks for you all here as I'm going to cover the Ravens, who have an odd number pick. Uh, but starting off at 44, Cleveland Browns are on the board, and so is Jahan Dotson. Uh, he is still available here at 44, kind of shockingly, as we had him going in the first round. Last week, uh, but we're going to give him to the Browns, you know, a team that acquired Amari Cooper, but nonetheless could use a receiver for whoever they have at quarterback uh, at any point this season. It's bound to be a few different quarterbacks, most likely, but giving him Dotson is great to kind of complement that wide receiver room that they have. Uh, 45 here, the Ravens are on the clock and a dream one, two to start off the draft for the Ravens in Roger McCreary, the corner out of Auburn. Um, really do it all guy, you know, with the Ravens currently having two solid outside corners, he'll probably play the slot early on, but it's awesome to have depth in a secondary that's always depleted by injuries more times than not. Uh, so McCreary can always slide outside, you know, he played there at Auburn. So he's a great guy. He's just a little bit smaller, uh, than you'd like at a typical outside corner. So he plays slot for the Ravens, but I really like it. You know, he's on the board there, really a first round talent, I think. So had to be the pick. Uh, 46 here, got the Minnesota Vikings. Another guy that could sneak into the first round, Tyler Smith, the guard out of Tulsa. Uh, he's tackle flexibility. He's probably best at guard early on, as are most tackle prospects. Um, sticking with Tyler Smith here, though, you know, Minnesota could use some alignment for whoever they're going to have at quarterback after Kirk. Um, so we like it a lot, you know. Him being on the board, we were thinking about a couple other guys. We ultimately went with O-Lineman and Tyler Smith. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota's building up a pretty decent offensive line there, and they still need a, a, another guard, and they could have a center. Uh, and Tyler Smith did – I think he took a couple center reps at the Senior Bowl, um, took a couple snaps there. So, you know, you got Wyatt Davis, who they drafted in the second round last year out of Ohio State. You got Christian Derrissaw, they drafted in the first round out of Virginia Tech. I'm a big Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis fan, uh, especially Christian Derrissaw, one of my guys in last year's class. Um so they get it, Tyler Smith, build up the O-line, get Dalvin Cook some – some uh, open up some running lanes better for him. And like you said, whatever whether it's Kirk or it's another quarterback, um, you can always afford to keep quarterback upright. That's certainly a good thing. So and Minnesota does that there at 46. They, they better the cause on the O-line. Got 47 here. The Washington Commanders are on the clock. Going to go with Lewis Seen, safety out of Georgia. Um, more of a physical box safety. I think that fits kind of what uh, Washington wants to do with that defense. Um I think the way for them to be successful and make a playoff push is to keep getting that defense better. You know, that O-line's not terrible. They have good weapons. Um, it's just the quarterback play, and there's not a quarterback to get this year. They they, they got Carson. Carson Wentz, that is. Um, you know, they seem to be pretty bought in on him for some reason. You know, I think get the defense right, you know. Sometimes the best offense is a good defense. So, uh, Lewis Seen certainly does that for Washington here and gets that defense better in the back end. Yeah, you know, no doubt. Um Washington's a young team that can wait, you know, for all their prospects to reduce, kind of not looking for anyone to come in and be solid year one. 
uh, but Seen will fit nicely in that defense. And yeah, it's a really good spot for him there at 47. Probably go earlier uh, more times than not. He's on the board there, so we opted to go with him. Uh, 48 here, Chicago Bears are on the clock with their second pick and the second of the second round. Now we're going to give him Christian Watson, you know, a really, really intriguing fit there with Justin Fields, a fit that I don't feel like many people have talked about. Uh, we kind of saw it today and kind of thought that would be really interesting to see, you know, come to fruition for the Bears, uh, who picked up a tackle on Raymond about 10 picks ago. So starting to build that offense, uh, mold it to Justin Fields, and I think they're doing a good job of that. Yeah, I like Christian Watson more than some do. I think he, he's a decent player. He's got a lot of traits. Obviously, he's got to adjust to the NFL talent being kind of planted at a D2 school. Um, it's just kind of – you're kind of jumping two levels, going from an FC – I guess an FCS school to um, to a an NFL team. So, uh, some work to do. But, again, they can wait. They have time, so they can let them develop. Uh, got a good receiver next to him, Darnell Mooney, to play with. So, I uh, got New Orleans on the clock here at 49. They're going to go with safety Nick Cross out of Maryland. This is kind of a reach here. Um, not a guy that usually goes in the top 50, but um, they need a safety. Didn't love the board for them in terms of their needs. So uh, thought that thought that Cross was going to be solid here out of Maryland. Uh, Brett kind of put me on to him. He's pretty solid. Good, really good athlete. So um, after some deliberation, decided to go Cross here. You know, the Saints lost their two safeties. Uh, Marcus Williams signed by the Ravens. Malcolm Jenkins retired. So a hole that they're trying to fill there. Uh, Tyron Matthew visited them a little bit ago. Uh, it's probably likely that Tyron Matthew signs with the Saints. It's just where he's from as well. Um, so we'll be looking for that signing May 1st, May 2nd. Um, but, you know, pairing Matthew with Nick Cross would be really nice, you know, right after losing their two safeties. Uh, pick 50 here, got the Kansas City Chiefs back on the clock and going to give him Travis Jones. Uh, we got the Joneses up the middle of the D-line. Uh, as Chris Jones is a dominant force there on their D-line currently. Uh, but Travis Jones is a really good player. He can kind of play the one or the three versatile D-lineman that you look for nowadays out of UConn. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed if they took Travis Jones at 50 just because he's really, really good. And I don't want to have to see him twice a year. But nevertheless, we're picking for him. That's a great pick, a really good value. So a uh, big Travis Jones fan as well. Got 51 here with the New York Jets. Another pick in the top, basically top 50 at 51. Uh, Going to go Brian Asamoah, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Uh, guy who's a little undersized, uh, really good athlete, though, can kind of cover a lot of ground. So um, Jets get just a good a good linebacker here, guy who can develop nicely. Uh, again, Robert Sala has a track record of developing edge rushers and linebackers pretty solid. So uh, hopefully he can do the same for Brian Asamoah here. Yeah, I like that pick there. Yeah. Uh... Just really been building that defense nicely. Um, Going to stick on that side of the ball here at 52. Pittsburgh Steelers have their second pick of the draft, and we're going to give them Arnold Abiketti, edge rusher, uh, super solid athlete, a guy that teams have been higher on as of late. Uh, I could see him going higher than 52, uh, but that's where we have him here, and I think he's just the best edge for them available, so opted to go with him. Feels yeah. a need. They, they have a weird – kind of team they've built so far. And again, the board is kind of weird for it. So uh, a lot of edges available to go with Ebiketti, a uh, guy who could even sneak into the first round potentially, uh, especially with kind of David Ojabo being not a first round pick anymore. So uh, a guy to look out for on draft night at the end of uh, round one could be Aaron Ebiketti. They got 53 with the Green Bay Packers. Going to add to the haul they've already had. Um, Going to go Quay Walker here, a solid linebacker to Georgia, pretty versatile. Uh, they use him as a blitzer a lot, kind of use him off the edge. Um 
a good athlete, uh, you know, maybe benefited from that loaded Georgia defense, as a lot of guys did. But um, nevertheless, tape doesn't lie. He's a solid player. Uh, I think Green Bay could afford to have another linebacker too. So, yeah, and I agree. They re-signed Devondre Campbell. Beyond that, they really don't have a linebacker. So Quay Walker, I think, could benefit nicely uh, playing next to Devondre Campbell. At 54 here, a team that took a linebacker in the first round, New England Patriots are on the clock. We're going to give him a receiver. Um, John Mechie is on the board after, you know, his injury that he sustained in the SEC title game. I think he'd be a really solid get for the Patriots here at 54 as they kind of continue to figure out what they're going to do about that wide receiver room for the long run. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the, he's a guy that um, maybe he's going to go in the first round kind of mid-college football season, and then James Williams kind of exploded even further than he already did mid-season. Um, John Metchie also seen an injury, so kind of unsure with him health-wise. I think he'll check out medicals, and he'll probably go early, and people think. Maybe a guy who goes in the first, but I really don't see it. Uh, probably in the 50s is probably his ceiling. So uh, New England is, needs a receiver, get Mac Jones another weapon, so that, that, that's a really good pick there for them. Uh, Going to have my third straight guy, kind of an edge-slash-linebacker type to talk about here. I'm um, going to go with Nick Benito out of Oklahoma as well, just like Brian Asamoa. Um, guy with a really good edge rusher. Uh, he's a little bit bigger. Uh, can definitely kind of drop into coverage if you need him to. He's definitely a good enough athlete, I think, to do that. Um, not a guy you drop into coverage every play, but a guy who could potentially do that. Um, again, I like I like his athletic profile, especially as an edge at the next level. Um, Arizona could use an edge. They lost, they lost Chandler Jones. Thought about giving him an edge in the first round, but they really wouldn't the one there to take since George Kalafos is off the board. So, um Going to go with uh, Nick Benito here for him. Yeah, I like that pick. You know, Arizona could go a number of different ways. They went uh, with McDuffie in the first, so filling out that defense nicely as kind of try to get younger there uh, after they lost Chandler Jones. At 56 here, the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock with the pick that they acquired from the Dallas Cowboys in the trade that we did in the first round. And I'm going to give them another edge we got going here uh, and Zach Pascal out of Kentucky. Uh, kind of the claim to fame on him is that he has heavy hands, uh, just a really powerful rusher, a great run defender, uh, the kind of guy that you look to set the edge in today's NFL. Um, I love him a lot. I know the Ravens are high on him, as uh, are the media as of late. So, you know, three really, really good picks here in the first two rounds for the Ravens. I'm a big, big fan of Zach Pascal, um, a guy that if the Chargers move back in the second round, kind of move back in the first, pick up a second along the way, I'd love if they took him there. In the second, he's really solid. Um, got the Buffalo Bills here at 57. Kind of a hot take from the cold seat, I guess. Um, not a pick you see off. I'm going to go Brees Hall here for him, though. Um, they could stand to use a running back, a guy that I personally think they'll consider at 25, potentially, depending on the board. Need a corner, but... I could see him taking a running back in the first, whether it's Walker or or Hall. I really think they could consider it. I think it'll be on their board. Um, you know, Devin's, Devin Singletary is solid, and Zach Moss, both those guys have had injury issues. So they can get a guy with a clean bill of health like Walker or Hall. For the most part, obviously running backs get dinged up, but for the most part, a clean bill of health, um, you know, they, they would jump on him. I think the second round is great value for him. So a little Brees Hall. I like a lot. A guy that I think is very, very similar to J.K. Dobbins. Uh, play style, size, you know, the value you can bring to a team is pretty high, especially on an offense that's really already complete in Buffalo's. Uh, 58 here is we kind of have our last seven picks or so for y'all today. 
New Orleans Saints are on the clock, and we're going to take the first tight end of the draft in Trey McBride, uh, kind of the consensus number one tight end out of Colorado State. Really was a do-it-all guy for him last year. Incredible in the passing game, which is, you know, what the modern-day tight end specializes um, in. So, you know, giving McBride to the Saints is a great fit for him. For, you know, we have him taking Corral. Uh, Winston is the guy right now. So, I mean, that's a great fit, and I think he could produce from day one for him. That's solid. New England, New England, New Orleans could, could uh, stand to have another tight end, another weapon. Again, if they're going to have Matt Corral, uh, quarterback's best friend is a tight end, especially rookie quarterback. So um, can't have enough big bodies in there catching passes. So um, good move for them there. And you got 59 here with Green Bay. We said they reach. We're going to reach here and go Luke Gadecki out of Central Michigan, the other tackle. Uh, primarily played right tackle for him across from Bernard Raymond, uh, again, a reach, but that's Green Bay's MO. And they, they could stand to have another tackle uh, with depth. You know, Bakhtiar is not young anymore. He's said to be have a clean bill of health, but in the second round, you could afford to get some depth there at tackle. So going to go with Kadecki. Yeah, you know, Packers are a team that always try to get O-linemen, uh, never really draft the right position at the right time, it seems. But, you know, we've given them a couple solid picks here in the draft. Uh, so Kadecki's a good fit for him. Uh, maybe not early on, but you no, know, he could be a solid tackle for him down the road. Uh, 60th pick here, Tampa Bay Bucks are on the clock, and we're going to give him Cam Taylor Britt, the corner out of Nebraska. Uh, you know, Tampa could always use corners, it seems, uh, as their corner room is kind of just a revolving door, uh, guys coming in and out. So I think Britt could solidify as a starter there for, you know, six years. No doubt. I'm a fan of his tape. Really clean eval, um, physical player. So uh, solid Big Ten corner to go to go to Tampa. They could have taken a, a, a DB at 27, but uh, they went with Zion Johnson there. So uh, good move here getting Taylor Britton in the second round. Uh, 61, got the San Francisco 49ers on the clock. First pick of the draft for them. Uh, going to go with Jam- Jamari Sawyer out of uh, Georgia. Uh, can play Primarily going to play guard in the NFL. Uh, kind of fill in for Lakin Tomlinson, who just got signed elsewhere. I think he's with the, yeah, he's with the Jets now. Um, so I think they, you know, Sawyer can play tackle if need be. I don't think he's a tackle the next level by any means, but can be a solid guard for a team. A guy who's really good in the run game, advanced, you know, pass blocker for his size, I think. Um, has pretty decent tape against Aiden Hutchinson, in fact. Uh, granted, he got some some dump, some help with some chips from tight ends and such, like stuff like that. But um, I like Jamari Sawyer's game a lot. Uh, like I said, really physical in the run game. So that's exactly what Tampa, or Tampa, uh, San Francisco wants to do uh, is run the ball. So you get Sawyer here. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a spot where you could likely go. Um, solid guy on that George O-line the past few years. Uh, 62, got the Kansas City Chiefs back on the clock. We're going to give him another Drake from USC, but this time Drake Jackson is going to go to Kansas City Chiefs, a guy that you know might not be here, but Chiefs pouncing on opportunity. Great value here at 62 for him as kind of there was an edge run about 10 picks ago, so. Drake Jackson being the edge left out of that run leaves him here at 62. Really solid pick for him. Love me some Drake Jackson. Lo- love a good USC Trojan draft prospect. Let's be honest here. Um, really good athlete though. Really rare athletic profile on the, on the end there on the edge. A uh, guy who dropped a lot more than I thought he would for USC this season. Um, definitely showed he can do that at the next level though. Uh, definitely a versatile defensive end. A guy who could, like I said, drop in coverage. Uh, rush off the pat, rush out the outs, rush off the outside, or even stunt inside. Um, kind of rush on a guard potentially on a kind of a, a looping stunt. So 
Uh, big fan of Drake Jackson's game. I'd be really upset if he went to KC, but again, they, they could they could stand to use another edge rusher some depth there. So I uh, got 63 or Cincinnati. Another guy I really like is Perry and Winfrey, and they're going to be taking him here. Guy who kind of fell again, IDLs tend to fall. It's just naturally how it's going to happen. Um, I'm a big Perry and Winfrey fan, though. And uh, Cincinnati can stand to use another D, D lineman. They lost a couple this offseason. So a uh, plug and play starter from day one in the second round is all you can ask for at 63. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Uh, Winfrey is a guy that could, you know, be in the first round. So going here at 63 is a great fit. Sucks that he is going to be in the division now on the Bengals, but, you know, got to take advantage. So 64 to round out our seventh and final pre-draft mock that we have for y'all. The Denver Broncos are on the clock, and we're going to give them Tariq Woolen, the corner out of UTSA. The guy that really helped his stock, the combine, uh, was rumored to be, you know, high-end second-round talent. But he's going to land here the last pick of the second round um, as other corners have boosted their stock as well. Really solid corner class through and through. Um, you know, while it is top-heavy, there is solid depth to it as well. You know, we had Taylor Britt and a couple other guys go in the second round that are also corners. So I think, you know, Wollen going to Denver is a great fit. They need a corner opposite Sertan. And – you know, he'd give him just that, you know, come and start earn his spot um, by just being a great athlete in training camp, OTAs. I think he does it there in Denver. Uh, but that'll wrap up Mock Draft Monday 7.0. We have for y'all uh, a fun one, two rounds. We had a few trades in there. Um, primarily just, you know, kind of mixing it up a little bit. But we love doing this. Um, our final Monday episode will be next Monday for y'all in a mock the draft um, as we kind of go over, you know, the draft, each team's haul, the teams that won and lost the draft picks. We liked picks. We didn't um, really everything. And then we're going to have our true episode coming out for y'all this Wednesday at 6 PM a day early for y'all as the draft is Thursday night, kind of be prepping, getting ready, watching that uh, will not be recording before the draft on Thursday. However, after round one concludes at about 12.30 a.m. on Friday morning. We're going to record an instant reaction for y'all. Get it out immediately. Just kind of go over, you know, right off the rip. Just initial thoughts, team fits, you know, who was a steal, who was a reach, why did this guy go here. Um, so a lot of content coming for y'all in these next seven days as we have an episode Friday after the draft Thursday and Monday. So be sure you're tuned into that. Follow us at cold seat podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Appreciate all the support. Uh, do you have anything else to say? Um, no, you hit, you hit it all. Um, a lot of content coming at you guys this week. Definitely going to get an instant reaction to round one. Um, going to be some picks we haven't talked about potentially just kind of how the draft goes. Sometimes gonna be some surprise picks, especially in the top 10, especially this year. There's a lot of combinations that could go on at the top, like we talked about. Um, kind of an unprecedented top of the draft here. Nobody really knowing this close. I mean, typically, you know, even I thought by by April 25th, we, we would know exactly who's going one, and we don't. So um, pretty pretty cool. I think I love it. I think it's great. We have no idea who's going to be picked where. I think it's awesome. <laughs> Other than Pittsburgh taking a quarterback, lock that in in Vegas. Um, but, yeah, no, this is really fun. I had a great time doing these mock drafts. Um, definitely be doing them again next year. I know – Kind of got some mock draft fatigue because we kept running through the, the same kind of stuff. Um, kind of going to switch it up a little bit next year. Um, try and do less mocks on our own time as well. Kind of keep it for the pod. Uh, don't get as much mock draft. I know I got a little mock draft fatigue. 
doing a lot of mock drafts on my own, um, not on the pod. So kind of stick with just the pod maybe next year, but um, really enjoy doing mock drafts. This is, this is Brett and I's gem. This are, you know, this is our, this is our, we love this kind of stuff. So um, especially the mock drafts, uh, a lot of different combinations you can have again, uh, really looking forward to draft night and uh, a lot of content coming at you guys this week. So be sure to stay, uh, stay tuned in and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Yep. See y'all soon.